Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Jason and I just got out of the uh, monthly economic dashboard. That's actually was wasn't what it was called. It was uh, the growth and trend, basically, of of housing. I don't remember the year 2020 for 2020 what the predictions are going to be uh what's going to happen and it was three economists um and they basically gave a rundown i have a a lot to go over um but i want to know what was your biggest takeaway from that jason well the thing that really stood out to me the most was a little bit that we sort of talked about at the end of the q a it wasn't really a major part of the presentation was just sort of the main effect of regulatory uh, burden in the construction business and how that equates to housing uh, costs. And, uh, you know, there's uh, obviously tons of information about there that we spent most of the time going over as far as uh, unemployment rates, growth rates, uh, inflation, uh, shortage of labor, all that kind of stuff that really directly involves labor or uh, directly relates to the cost of housing and its prediction of growth. But yeah. then, you know, there's sort of this underlying factor of like what it all has to go through, which is permitting and regulation. So. Yep. Do you remember the numbers for it? Did you write so, it? Yeah. So uh, the they were saying for new builds, uh, single family homes, about 24% of the uh, price of a house is from regulatory uh, constraints or burdens, burdens if you will. and some it. of them you know necessary you know it's never going right. to go to zero that would be you know chaos and and whatnot um, but that's fairly high and then they said for multifamily it's even higher at about 32 percent so right. for apartments and condos and probably even some townhomes you're really looking at a very you know high cost of what you're living in going towards just the process of getting it built. Yep. And I thought this was, that was the second biggest point that hit me. The biggest point that he said was the hindrance to growth. So um, the number that they said was the average between the last recession and then the Great Recession, growth was at about 3.5%. Past the Great Recession, it was about 2, 2.2%, right? And the thing is that that uh, the exponential value of that over time is actually big. It doesn't sound like one percent one and a half percent is big but it is actually pretty big because when you talk about compounding year over year eventually that becomes huge and so when you're talking about a couple generations down the line if you're constantly at a three and a half percent instead of a two percent or two and a half percent you know future generations are going to be far wealthier in that three and up bracket than the two and up bracket yep and the hindrance to uh to growth were two things productivity growth is low and then labor growth is low uh, the productivity growth, that's where I immediately thought about what you brought up, was, hey, we're planning something, a multifamily, and it takes two years to design and then a year to go in. The numbers are low. What we need, they basically starts per year of all housing is about, what we have right now is 9.2, uh, 920,000. We need at least 1.1 to 1.4. So that's a difference of needing 300 to 500,000 more homes per year. Um, so that's the productivity there is a big deal. And then lack of trained workforce in that productivity. 
And then second, going into that is the shortest of labor growth of low immigration and then low birth rates. So that's where the, the only, well, I mean, there was a lot of good things about this. But basically what they're saying is that they see a steady but slower growth rate for yeah. the foreseeable future, like five yeah. years. Um, and then before I kind of give my rundown of all the notes I have, do you have another item you want to bring well, up? Well, I was just going to, to add in to uh, sort of the, the you were talking about the productivity and, and, and the time to get things through. But then also uh, they were also talking about the shortage of available uh, loans for builders and with increased times to get things through the city, you know, you have to hold that land for that much longer. You have to hold those uh, costs for developing something that much longer. And, you know, it's kind of an increased cost there, but lending is only so available. Yep. Um, some of the numbers that they gave was they, uh, they see a growth in 2020. I think it was about 4.8% growth in the building market, um, a 2% economic growth, uh, a 3% rents growth. Um, they uh, Materials uh, will basically be at the cost of inflation, which is about 2%. Uh, they had some risks. The odds of the recession greatly went down from last year. And this is what I wanted to ask because they said it was as high as 40%. And I feel like it drastically went down. They said between 10 to 15, but they really underplayed any chances of a recession, would you say? Yes, it, it really was just like, well, it's we're kind of in a clear zone is what I was hearing from them. You yep. know, it's like it could still happen, but I think their concern for it was, you know, there's much less risk. And I think they were just less worried about it, even if it did come. Yep, because the yield curve isn't inverting anymore. The phase one of the China deals went through. Phase two is a bigger deal. Um, but basically and then the interest rates so the interest rates on money not on a mortgage they think will stay in that the last kind of year which was between three percent and 1.4 and they think it's just gonna go up some come down some and just kind of be within that range they which, were saying two percent was a pretty safe bet for yep. inflation for the next several years yep so that's where they said mortgages for the next five years around four percent right now it's a little bit lower they didn't say anything about going much higher than that. No, they were talking about it incrementally increasing, but not really any, you know, they're not predicting any like major up, yep. uh, you know, upshifts yep. in that. And and that's where I think they see the, the steady five year period where we have, we have such a dev, uh, deficit of, of housing and housing is a big sector and there's a lot of jobs out there, but the, the growth rate of the product, productivity and the labor isn't going anywhere so it's not going to skyrocket and crash it's just going to steadily steadily go through um another interesting note that they made is you know obviously they outlined this need for new housing well for housing in general and the the existing home market is fairly low like just existing houses are not that available so they're right. predicting more people to be pushed towards the new build sector and you know there's obviously we talked about the 1.1 million needed about 920,000 are predicted for 2020 uh, but then they were also talking about this sort of mismatch between where people are moving to and growing and where houses are being built. And so, you know, you can it's, it's easy to look at 
what housing is needed on a you know scale of the country but then in some places it's needed like way more because it's harder to build where a lot of people are moving they talked a lot about portland and seattle and california where a lot of people are moving but it's hard to build there and so there's not as much building happening there so it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like there's extra need in these hot spots in the country and housing's being provided but they're not always totally matched yep and i they rip, ripped on california for a while they did there was a lot of california they, they went hard rolling. to the, hard <laughs> to the paint because California is trying to basically make as many houses as the the U.S. makes. Yeah. Um, but yet they that's still, what they say they want to do. They want to do. Yet they still have the regulations. They still have this solar panel thing coming up. And again, we're not saying anything's are bad. These are just economists who are saying they conflict with each other. Yeah. Um, it's it just it's just not possible to up regulation up the burden of that and then create enough housing stock at a lower price that people can afford. They're just conflicting. Yeah, uh, and, and they were talking about you know rent control. They're like, there's very few things that all economists can agree on, but they say 99% say that on the larger picture, uh, rent control it works for the people that are in the system, but the larger goal is to increase supply, and it doesn't increase supply. Yeah, at all. At all. At all. And so they're saying, you know, it's kind of like a sure, it works in this sort of small ecosystem but like for, the for larger you personally picture, for you personally someone might say i love affordable or um i love rent control because my rent is you know control you know like staying where it is and i can live and so there might be a lot of people out there that are for it but in the larger picture uh when you're looking years down the road it's it's not it's not helping and and i had no idea that he basically said flat out all economists agree on this it's almost a matter yeah. of, of science and fact. And yeah. it, it makes sense. We're not economists, but um, I, I get their argument for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking of apartments, they also this was also quite fascinating. They said of the multifamily that's being built in the more apartment style, they were saying that right now about 93% of it is for rent. And uh, only, seven, and only seven. Eight or seven. Yeah, 7% is condo where historically it was about an 80 20 split yes and so we've seen that gone way down and they kind of casually mentioned litigation but that was like the solid reason for that change is that it's uh, condos are so highly litigated yep the labor shortage numbers right now are 300 to 400k um they're going to stop getting worse but they're not going to get any better they're just the past three, four, five years, they were just getting worse and worse and worse. And now they're catching up to a, to a normal. But also keep in mind, this guy said the same thing last year and he admitted that as well. He, he thought, you know, for 2019, it was going to plateau and it wasn't going to get any worse, maybe not better. Right. Right. So, um, I, I think it was all good. It it all made sense. I, I think the, the big keys are productivity growth. Um, and, and I think it comes down to training and then what kind of regulations you're going to. Mm-hmm. And then labor growth. Uh, if immigration can change, you're not going to change birth rates quickly because if you no. do, it's still 20 years down the road. Right. And that's all leading to high demand, but not, not the highest output. So pretty steady for the foreseeable future. Um, unless, uh, obviously, things could go crazy. Um, but it seemed, it seemed positive. It seemed, uh, you know, there's difficult challenges to, yep. to, to go through. Um, but pretty steady. Yeah, it was It was very, yeah, there was no doomsday talk during that, no. that whole time. It was just kind of like, yeah, we're going to see a lot of what we've seen in the past year, maybe on a slightly lesser scale, but, you know, it's just still going, you know, still developments will be made, and then 
we'll just see where efficiencies pop out if it's in building production building technologies or yep you know all that kind of stuff and, and a lot of the growth they saw was in the uh, south and the west the hottest two markets are denver and houston uh, uh, dallas and dallas houston. you're right yep. yes thank you dallas and houston um and that has to go with i think they have a low burden and uh um, even Houston, some of the zoning regulations are, are not that stringent at all. It's still yeah. a great city. Um, so if you're looking into those areas, those are the, the hot growth areas. They said, California, yeah. I love this joke. He goes, yeah, California will build houses. They'll just be in Boise and Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> that was, he, he was pretty quick on that one. Yeah. Um, so that's the economic forecast for 2020. 